0: From Hollywood, California, Columbia presents William Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew, starring Edward G. Robinson with Frida Innescourt and Charles D. Brown.
1: With tonight's all-star production of The Taming of the Shrew... The Columbia Network brings you the fourth in a cycle of eight Shakespearean plays to be presented at this same time each Monday night during the summer season of 1937. In these plays, each carefully adapted for a full hour's radio presentation, the world's finest actors join Columbia in making it possible for millions of people to enjoy the works of the world's greatest dramatist for the first time.
0: This adaptation of The Taming of the Shrew was made by Gilbert Seldes, distinguished author, journalist, and dramatic critic. Starring in tonight's performance is Edward G. Robinson in the role of Petruchio, with Miss Frieda Innescourt playing opposite him as Catherine. A brilliant supporting cast is headed by Charles D. Brown as Grumio, Lionel Pape as Baptista, Morris Ancrum as Curtis, Jack Smart as Biandello, Ernestine De Becker as Bianca. Victor Bay, Columbia's talented young conductor, raises his baton to lead the orchestra in the musical introduction. As the curtain rises, Conway Turrell, distinguished actor of stage and screen, comes forward as narrator to set the stage for the first scene of The Taming of the Shrew.
2: The scene of this light-hearted pause... Is the Italian city of Padua, an open square with a fountain and round it, spacious homes. An inn, a cathedral and a flower market beside it. Out of a noble house at the corner of this square come five people. Mark them well, because they have much to do and say. First, the debut young Bianca, in a light blue silk. A light hair neatly parted, quiet as a mouse. Sweet, and a little frightened by the trouble she has caused. The trouble follows. Two men who want to marry her, the dainty Hortensio sir, and the fat, beardedly, squeezing shoving one another out of the way, me way me to crush around this honey so box, and not themselves not being shoved out of the way to make room for the most striking figure of them all, Catherine, the proud sister of Bianca, dark, handsome, and arrogant, her dark oh, gowns a dark red gown sweeping after her as she strides into the square, and after her, expostulating and flustered, old Baptista. Father of the girl who tries to make peace in this angry gathering. Uh, now we can hear what Baptista gentlemen, has to say.
3: Gentlemen, 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 importune me no further. How I firmly am resolved, you know, that is not to bestow my youngest daughter before I have a husband for the elder. If either of you both love Katarina, because I know you well and love you well, leave she have to court her at your pleasure. What say you, Grêmio? To cart her, rather. She's too rough
4: for me. I pray you, sir, is it your will to make a sale of me amongst these mates?
5: Mates, maid? How mean you that? No mates for you, unless you were of gentler, milder mould.
4: But if it were, doubt not her care should be to comb your noddle with a three-legged stool and pinch your face and use you like a fool. Puff, Pompensio.
5: From all such devils, good lord, deliver us. And me too, good lord.
3: Gentlemen, gentlemen, that I may soon make good what I have said. Bianca, I'll get you in. Oh,
6: oh no, i please. let it not please. displease the good Bianca, for I love thee nevertheless, my
2: girl.
4: A pretty piece. It is best put finger in the eye, and she knew why. Sister, content you in my discontent. Sir, to your pleasure, humbly I subscribe. My books and instruments shall be my company, on them to look and practice by myself. Oh, Gentlemen, really okay, gentlemen, so. contentie,
3: I am resolved. Go in, Bianca. And for I know she taketh most delight in music, instruments, and poetry, schoolmasters will I keep within my house fit to instruct her youth. If you, Hortensio or Signor Gremio, you know any such, prefer them hither. And so farewell. Farewell. Yeah. Well, and,
4: Senior, Katharina, you may
3: stay, for I have more to commune with Bianca.
4: Why, and I trust I may go too, may I not? What? Shall I be appointed ours, as though be like I knew not what to take and what to leave? up. <laughs>
2: They have gone away. Hortensio and Grimio have to postpone their rivalry for the hand of the gentle Bianca because her father has made it an absolute condition that the elder sister must be married first. So both rivals set out to find some man willing to marry Catherine the Shrew. And here, as luck would have it, comes just the man. Petruchio is just the man. You can tell it by the way he swaggers down the street looking for Hortensio's house. You can tell it by the perch of his plumed hat. At an angle of one impudent eye. An adventurous fellow out to seek his fortune. Ready for anything. Especially a tempestuous courtship. A beautiful girl and uh, a rich marriage. Behind him his servant, Grumio, bends under the weight of his luggage. Petruchio halts. He has found Hortensio's house. I trow
3: this is his house. Here, sir Grumio, knock, I say. Knock, sir. Whom should I knock? Is there any man has refused, your worship? Villain, well, I say, knock me here soundly. Knock you here, sir? Why, sir? What am I, sir, that I should knock you here, sir? Villain, well, I say, knock me at this gate and rap me well, or I'll knock your knave's bait. Ow! Oh,
7: help! <laughs> help, masters! Help! Now, knock when I
3: bid you, oh. sir, a villain. How now? What's the matter? Good Hortensio, I bade the rascal knock upon your gate and could not get him for my heart to do it. Knock at the gate? Oh, heaven, speak you not these words plain. Sir, knock me here, rap me here, knock me well, knock me soundly, and come you now with knocking at the gate. Sir, i be gone. Or talk not, I advise you.
5: Petruchio, I patience. I am Romeo's sledge. And tell me now, sweet friend, what happy gale blows you to pad your here from old Verona? Such
3: wind as scatters young men through the world to seek their fortunes farther than at home. And I have thrust myself into this maze happily to wife and thrive as best I may.
5: Wive? Patrugio, <laughs> <laughs> shall I then come roundly to thee and wish thee to a shrewd, ill-favored wife? Ah? <laughs> Thou
3: thank me but a little for my counsel. And yet I promise thee, she shall be rich. Senior Hortensio, twixt such friends as we, few words suffice. And therefore, if thou know one rich enough to be Petruchio's wife, be she as foul as was Florentia's love, as old as Sybil, and as cursed and shrewd as Socrates Antipi, or no worse, he moves me not or not removes at least affection's edge in me, were she as rough as are the swelling Adriatic seas. I come to wife it wealthily in Padua. If wealthily, then happily in Padua.
5: Ah, Petruchio. Since we have stepped thus far in, I will continue that I broached in jest. Eh? I can, Petruchio, help thee to a wife with wealth enough, and young and beauteous, brought up as best becomes a gentlewoman. Oh? Her only fault, and that is false enough, is that she is intolerable cursed, and shrewd and froward, (laughs) so beyond all measure, that were my state far worse than it is, I would not wed her for a mine of gold.
3: Hortensio, peace. Thou knowest not gold's effect. Why came I hither but to that intent? Think you a little din can daunt mine ears? Have I not in my time heard lions roar? Have I not heard the sea puffed up with winds rage like an angry boar chafed with sweat? Have I not heard great ordnance in the field and heaven's artillery thunder in the skies? Have I not in a pitched battle heard loud larums neighing steeds and trumpets clang? And you tell me of a woman's tongue <laughs> that gives not half so great a blow to the ear as will a chestnut in a farmer's fire. Oh, but, uh, Oh, Tush, Tush, fear boys with bugs. Tell me your father's name, and tis enough, for I will board her, though she chide as loud as thunder when the clouds in autumn crack. <laughs> her father is Baptista
5: Minela, an affable and courteous gentleman. Her name is Katharina Minnela... ...renowned in Padua for her scolding tongue. I will not sleep, Hortensio, till I see her. Tarry, Petruchio. I must go with thee, for in Baptista's keep my treasure is. He hath the jewel of my life in hold, his youngest daughter. Beautiful Bianca. (laughs) And now shall my friend Petruchio do me grace... ...and offer me, disguised in sober robes, to old Baptista... ...as a schoolmaster well seen in music... To instruct Bianca, that so I may, by this device, at least have leave and leisure to make love to her
3: till Catherine the Cursed have got a husband. Come. Catherine the Cursed. <laughs> a title for a maid. It
2: is now late afternoon and the suitors for Bianca's hand call on Baptista. Of the people who now approach, Baptista seems to know only the fat Grêmio. But Grêmio's rival Hortensio is also there, only he is now dressed as a poor musician with his lute like an odd-shaped violin. And another suitor has come into action, Lucedio, who pretends to be a teacher of Latin. And poor Grêmio, who is too fat to disguise himself, has hired this Latin teacher to plead his cause with Bianca. And now, to clear the way by getting Catherine married off, they are bringing Petruchio to Father Baptista's house. A servant enters to announce their arrival.
1: Signor
2: Gramio. Gramio enters with a new suit of Lucentio disguised as a Latin teacher.
5: Good morrow, neighbor Gramio. Good morrow, neighbor Baptista. I freely give unto you this young scholar that hath long been studying at Reims,
3: cunning in Greek.
5: Latin and other
3: languages. His name is Cambio. Pray accept
2: his service. A thousand thanks, Signor Gremio. Welcome, to Cambio. Signor Petruccio. Petruccio enters with Hortensio disguised as a music teacher.
3: God save you, gentlemen, and you, good sir. Pray, have you not a daughter called Catherine, fair and virtuous? I... I have a daughter, sir, called Caterina. I am a gentleman of Verona, sir, the tearing of her beauty and her wit, her affability and bashful modesty, her wondrous qualities and mild behavior, am bold to show myself a forward guest within your house to make mine eye the witness of that report which I so often heard. Oh, and, uh, for an inference to my entertainment, I do present you with a man of mine, cunning in music and the mathematics... To instruct her fully in those sciences, whereof I know she's not ignorant. Accept them, or else you do me wrong. You're welcome, sir, and he for your good sake. But for my daughter Catherine, this I know she's not for your turn, the more my grief. Oh, I see you do not mean to part with her, or else you like not of my company. Oh, my oh
6: mistake may
3: not I speak, as I find. Whence are you, sir? What may I call your name? Petruchio is my name. Antonio's son, a man well-known throughout all Italy. I know
6: him well. You're welcome for his sake. Sit down. Uh, Signor. Lead these gentlemen to my daughters and tell them both these are their tutors. And bid them use them well. Signor Petruchio, we will go walk a little in the orchard.
3: Uh, Signor Baptista, my business ask of haste, and every day I cannot come to woo. You knew my father well, and in him me left uh, solely heir to all his lands and goods, which I have better rather than decreased. Then tell me, if I get your daughter's love, what dowry shall I have with her to wife? After my death, the one half of my land, and in possession, 20,000 crowns. Aye. Let specialties be therefore drawn between us, that covenants may be kept on either hand. Aye. When the special thing is well obtained, that is her love. For that is all in all. Oh, oh. Oh, why, that is nothing. But I tell you, Father, I am as peremptory as she proud-minded. And where two raging fires meet together, they do consume the thing that feeds their fury. Though little fire grows great with little wind, yet extreme gusts will blow out fire and all. So I to her, and so she yields to me. For I am rough. And woo not like a babe. Well, miss, thou woo, and happy be thy speed. Senor, but be thou armed for some unhappy senor, words. Signor, How oh, now, good fiddler, why dost thou look so pale? Oh, poor Hortensio. For
5: fear, I promise you, if I look
3: pale. What, will eh? my daughter prove a good musician?
5: I think she'll soon approve a soldier. But
3: then thou canst not break
5: into the lute, I know. For she hath broke the lute to me. <laughs> I did but tell her she mistook her fret. And bowed her hand to teach her, teach her fingering Yes When with the most impatient, devilish spirit let's call you these, quoth she I'll fume with them <laughs> And with that word, she struck me on the
3: head <laughs> Now, by the world, tis a lusty wench I love her ten times more than e'er I did Oh, how I long to have some chat with her oh. Good master fiddler Go with me and be not so discomfited Proceed in practice with my younger daughter. She's apt to learn and thankful for good terms. Signor Petruchio, will you go with us or shall I send my daughter
7: Kate to you?
3: I pray you do. I will attend her here and woo her with some spirit when she comes. Say that she rail. Why, then I'll tell her plain she sings as sweetly as a nightingale. Say that she frowns. I'll say she looks as clear as morning roses newly washed with dew say she'd be mute and will not speak a word. Then I'll commend her volubility and say she uttereth piercing eloquence. If she do bid me pack, I'll give her thanks, as though she bid me stay by her a week. If she deny to wed, I'll crave the day when I shall ask the bands and when be married. Ah, but here she comes. And now Petruchio speak. Sir? Good morrow, Kate. Well, that's your name, I hear.
4: Well, have you heard. But something hard of hearing... They call me Catherine, but do talk of me.
3: Oh, you lie in faith, for you're called plain Kate, and bonny Kate, and sometimes Kate the Curse.
4: Oh,
3: Oh, but Kate, the prettiest Kate in Christendom, Kate of Kate Hall, my super dainty Kate, for dainties are all Kates, and therefore, Kate, take this of me, Kate, of my consolation. Hearing thy mildness praised in every town, thy virtue spoke of, and thy beauty sounded, Yet not so deeply as to thee belongs. Myself am moved to woo thee for my wife.
4: Moved in good time. Let him that moved you hither remove your hence. I knew you at the first. You were a movable. Why, what's a movable? A join stool.
3: I was it. Come, sit on me.
4: Asses are made to bear, and so are you.
3: Women are made to bear, and so are you. Ah, bah. Oh, bzzz, 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 Well, pain, and like a buzzer. Ah, oh, come, come, you what? Wasp-
4: if I be whatfish, best beware, my thing.
3: My remedy is then to pluck it out. Hi,
4: if the fool could find it where it lies. And so, farewell. Hey, come again, good Kate.
3: I am a gentleman.
4: That I'll try.
3: I swear I'll cuff you if you strike again.
4: So, may you lose your arm. If you strike me, you are no
3: gentleman. Oh, nay, come, Kate. Come, you must not look so sour.
4: It is my fashion when I see a crab.
3: Why here's no crab, and therefore look not sour. There
4: is, there is.
3: Well, then show it me. Had
4: I a glass, I would. What, you mean my face? Ah, well aimed of such a young one. <laughs> now, by St. George, I'm too young for you. Yet you are withered. Ah,
3: oh, it is with cares.
4: Oh, I care not.
3: Nay, here you, Kate, in sooth, you scape not so. I
4: chafe you, if I tarry. Let uh, me go.
3: Oh, no, 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 not a whit. Why, I find you passing, gentle. Who's told me you were rough and coy and sullen? And now I find report a very liar, for thou art pleasant, gamesome, passing courteous, but slow in
7: speech,
3: oh, Oh, yet sweet as springtime flowers. Why, thou canst not frown, thou canst not look askance, nor bite the lip, this angry wench's will, nor hast thou pleasure to be cross and talk, But thou with mildness entertainst thy wooers, with gentle conference, soft and apple.
7: Oh! Why does the
3: world report that Kate just lived? Oh, slanderous world! Why, Kate, like the hazel twig, is straight and slender, and as brown in hue as hazelnuts, and sweeter than the kernels. Oh, let me see thee walk. Thou oh, dost not
4: halt. Where did you study all this goodly speech?
3: Tis extempore for my mother wit.
4: A witty mother! Witless else her son!
3: <laughs> am I not wise? Yeah. And therefore, uh, setting all this chat aside, thus in plain terms. Your father hath consented. that You shall be my wife. Oh, your dowry agreed on. And will you nil you, I will marry you. Now, Kate, I am a husband for your turd. For by this light whereby I see thy beauty, mm, thy beauty that doth make me like thee well, thou must be married to no man but me. For I am he am born to tame you, Kate, and bring you from a wild Kate to a Kate conformable as other household cat her Kate's.
7: <coughs>
3: oh, well, here comes your father. An old gremio, but never make denial. I must and will have Catherine to my wife.
6: Now, Signor Petruglio, how
3: speed you with me daughter? How <laughs> oh, but well, sir, how oh, but well. It were impossible I should speed a miss.
7: Oh,
3: why, how now, daughter Catherine, in your dumpster...
4: Call you me daughter... Now, I promise you, you have showed a tender fatherly regard to wish me wed to one half lunatic, a madcap ruffian and a swearing jack that thinks with oaths to face the matter out. Father, tis thus.
3: Yourself and all the world that talked of her have talked amiss of her. If she be cursed, tis for policy. Oh! For she's not froward, but modest as the dove.
7: Oh. She's not hot,
3: but temperate as the morn. Why, for patience, she will prove a second Griselle and Roman Lucrece for her chastity. Oh. And to conclude, we've agreed so well together that upon Sunday is the wedding day.
4: I'll see thee hanged on Sunday Ah, <laughs>
3: Petruchio, <laughs> she says she'll see thee hanged Oh, first. be patient, gentlemen, I choose her for myself. Will she and I be pleased, what's that to you? This bargain twixt us twain, being alone, that she shall still be cursed in company. Oh, I tell you, it is incredible to believe how much she loves me. Oh, the kindest, Kate. Kind? She hung about my neck and kiss on kiss. Kiss? Mm, she vied so fast, protesting oath on oath, no, that in a twink she won me to her love.
7: No, no. Here, Yeah, no, oh.
3: give me thy hand, Kate. I will undo Venice to buy apparel against the wedding day. Provide the feast, Father, and bid the guests. I will be sure my Catherine shall be fine. I know not what to say, but give me your hands. God send you joy, Petruchio. Tis a match. Amen. Say amen. we, we will be, be with Father and wife and gentlemen, adieu. I will to Venice. Sunday comes a face. We will have rings and things and fine array. Oh, and kiss me, Kate. We'll be married on Sunday. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Petruchio and Catherine have set the foundations for a perfect marriage. They've insulted one another to the best of their ability. She has slapped him, and he has driven her speechless with fury, and if this be love, it certainly wears a strange disguise. Yet, disguise or not, it seems to lead to the altar. At least they are here in front of the grandest church in Padua, and a crowd of neighbors and passers-by are beginning to wonder why old Father Baptista is dressed in his best black. And why Catherine, in all her bridal finery, is so furious. And why Bianca looks like the prettiest bridesmaid in all the history of Padua. And why all those other people on the steps of the church are standing and fretting. But the reason is clear. Everyone is ready for the wedding with a single exception. There is no bridegroom. But dashing Petruchio, who went off to bed, is promising to return, is nowhere in sight.
6: Signor Lucencio... This is the
2: pointed day that Catherine and Petruchio
6: should be married, and yet we hear not of our son in law. What will be said? What mockery will it be to want the bridegroom where the priest attends?
4: No shame but mine. I must forsooth be forced to give my hand, opposed against my heart, unto a mad brain rude, slave, full of spleen, who wooed in haste and means to wed at leisure. I told you, I, he was a frantic fool. He'll a thousands, point the day of marriage, make peace, invite friends, and proclaim the ban, yet never means to wed where he has wooed. Oh, now must the world point at poor Catherine and say. No, there is mad Petruchio's wife. If it would please him, come and marry her. Oh, would Catherine had never seen him.
7: Master, <sighs> master. <dear sighs>
4: gentle, what news? News,
6: old news, and such news you have never heard of. Is Petruchio come? Why, no, sir. Well, then, he is coming. Well, well. Petruchio is coming in a new hat and an old jerkin. A pair of old breeches thrice turned. A pair of boots that have been candle cases. One buckled, another laced. An old rusty sword taken out of the town armory with two broken points. His horse, hip with an old motley saddle and of with no timbre. Besides, possessed with a glanders, troubled with a lappers, infected with a fashion, full of windgalls, head with a made with a yellow mask, pure of a five. Stalked, spoiled with the staggers. And shoulder <laughs> you But spare me the rest. You'll tell me who comes with him. Oh, sir, his lackey, Grumio. For all the world, comparison like the horse with a linen stock on one leg and a cursy boot hose on the other. Gartered with a red and blue list, an old hat, and the humor of 40 fancies picked him for a feather. A monster, a very monster in apparel, and not like a Christian good boy or a gentleman's lad. Well, I'm glad he's come, howsoever he comes. <laughs>
7: Where be these girls? Who's at home? Aye, who's at home here?
3: You're welcome, Patricio. Where is Kate? Where's my lovely bride? Aye, where's our lovely bride? eh? How does my father? Gentles, methinks you frown, And wherefore gaze this goodly company as if they saw some wondrous monument? Aye. Some comet or unusual prodigy? Aye, prodigy. Why, sir? (laughs) You know, this is your wedding day. First we were sad, fearing you would not come. Now, sadder that you come so unprovided. By doth this habit, shame to your estate, and I saw to our solemn festival. Who me? She's married, not unto my clothes. No, but where is Kate? I. Where is Kate? I stay too long from her. The morning wears. This time we were to church.
7: Time we're at I. Time we were to church. Kate. Hey, where A mad drive <laughs> See the
0: church doors open. <laughs>
2: In the steps of the church, Petruchio stops with his bride on his arm and bows to the crowd. They see Catherine not blushing as a bride, but flushed with the humiliation which Petruchio has brought upon her. For there she is, dazzling in lace and white satin, and there he is, (laughs) shabby and tattered and out at elbows, a man who deliberately dressed himself like a scarecrow for his wedding day. And yet Petruchio seems unconscious that he has made a spectacle of himself. He seems rather pleased and debonair. Without a doubt, he intends to appear at the, be- the wedding feast in these same clothes. The great banquet at which all the friends of the family are coming, and at which he and his bride will be the ill-assorted guests of honor, according to the unalterable custom of the country.
0: Gentlemen and friends, I
3: thank you for your pain. I know you think to dine with me today and have prepared great store of wedding here. But so it is. My haste will call me hence, and therefore, here I mean to take my leave.
7: Oh, it's possible
3: you will be away tonight. I must away today before night comes. What? Make it no wonder. If you knew my business, you would entreat me rather golden stay. And honest company, I thank you all that have beheld me give away myself to this most patient sweet and virtuous wife.
7: <laughs>
3: Dine with my father, drink the health to me, for I must hence, and farewell to you all. Let us entreat you, stay till after dinner. you it may not be. Let me entreat you. Gremio, it cannot be.
4: Let me entreat you.
3: Catherine, I am content.
4: Are you content to stay?
3: I am content. You shall entreat me stay. Oh. But yet not stay. Entreat me how you can. Oh,
4: now, if you love me, stay. Romeo, my horses. Aye, sir, they be ready. The oaks have eaten the horses. Nay, then. Do what thou canst. I will not go today. No, nor tomorrow. Not till I please myself.
3: Oh, Kate, content thee. Prithee, be not angry. I
4: will be angry. What dost thou to do? Dawson, Dawson. Oh, father, be quiet. You shall stay my leisure. Gentlemen. Forward to the bridal dinner. I see a woman may be made a fool if she had not a spirit to resist.
3: They shall go forward, Kate. At thy command. Obey the bride, you that attend on her.
4: Go to the feast,
3: revel and domineer, be mad and merry, or go hang yourself. Oh. But for my bonny Kate, <laughs> she must with me. No. Nay, hey, look not big, nor stamp, nor stare, nor fret. I will be master of what is mine own. Why, she's my goods, my chattels, she's my house, my household stuff, my field, my barn, my horse, my ox, my ass, my, my anything. And here she stands, such a whoever dare. I'll bring my action on the proudest he that stops my way in Padua. Trucio, Romeo,
7: draw forth
3: thy weapon. We are beset with thee. Rescue thy mistress, and I'll be a man. Aye, sir. Oh, fear <laughs> not, sweet Wendy. They shall not touch thee, king. I'll buckler thee against
7: a million. <laughs>
0: just heard the
1: first part of Columbia's presentation of the taming of the shrew, starring Edward G. Robinson with Preta Innescott and Charles D. Brown, Lionel Pape, Jack Smart, Morris Anklum, and Ernestine de Becker. The play will continue in just a moment. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. is headed by Edward G. Robinson as Petruchio Frida Innescourt as Catherine Charles D. Brown as Grumio Lionel Papers as Baptista Jack Smart as Biondello Morris Ankrum as Curtis and Ernestine DeBecker as Bianca Conway Turl as narrator again comes forward to set the scene <laughs>
2: The honeymoon begins when she is dragged off to Petruchio's home in the, in the country. But not to a noble hall richly hung with tapestries and with logs roaring in the fireplaces. Oh no. The training of Catherine the Shrew is to begin in a mean, cold hallway, fair and grim, in which the servants cluster together, their teeth chattering, as they wait for the coming of their master. The servant Groomio, who has ridden on ahead, enters the door, half frozen from his long journey.
3: Ah, fie, fie on all tired jades and all mad masters and all foul ways. Was ever a man so beaten? Was ever a man so raided? Was ever a man so weary? Hola, Oh, Curtis! Who is it that calls so cold? A piece of ice. If thou doubt it, thou mayest slide from my shoulder to my heel with no greater a run but my head and my neck. Eh, a fire, good
6: Curtis. Is my master and his wife come,
7: Groomio? Oh,
6: aye, Curtis. I am therefore fire, fire, cast on no water. Is she so hot a shrew as she's reported? She was, good Curtis,
3: before this frost. But thou knowest winter tames man, woman, and beast. But wilt thou make a fire, or shall I complain on thee to our mistress, whose hand thou shalt soon feel to thy cold comfort? Aye, prithee, good Groomio. Tell me... How goes the world? Well, a cold world, Curtis, in every office but thine, and therefore fire. Do thy duty and have thy duty, for my master and mistress
6: are almost frozen to death.
2: Well, there's fire ready. And therefore, good Grumio, the
6: news. Ah, uh,
3: oh I have caught extreme cold. Hey, where's the cook? Is supper ready, the house trimmed, rushes strewed, cobwebs swept, Aye. the serving men in their new fustian, mm-hmm. their white stockings, and every officer his wedding garment on? Aye. Be the jacks fair within, the jills fair without, Aye. the carpets laid and everything in order? Oh, ready. And therefore
6: I pray, new. Yeah.
3: Well, first know my horse is tired, my master and mistress fallen out. Out, How? Out of their saddles into the dirt, and thereby hangs a tail. Let's let's have it, good groomio. Well, <laughs> we came down a foul hill, my master riding behind my mistress. Both are one horse? What's that to thee? Why, a horse. Tell thou the tale. Nay. Tell thou the tale. Good groomio. But. Hadst thou not crossed me, thou shouldst have heard how her horse fell, and she under her horse. Thou shouldst have heard in how miry a place, how she was bemoiled, how he left her with the horse upon her, how he beat me because her horse stumbled, how she waded through the dirt to pluck him off me, how he swore, how she <laughs> prayed that never prayed before, how I cried, how the horses ran away, how her bridle was burst, how I lost my crupper, and with many things of worthy memory, which now shall die oblivion, and thou return unexperienced to thy grave. (laughs) By this reckoning, he is more a shrew than she. Aye, and that thou and the proudest of you shall find when he comes home. Eh, yeah, but what talk I of this? Come, come, call forth Nathaniel, Joseph, Nicholas, Philip, Walter, Sugar and the rest. Let their heads be sleekly combed, their blue coats brushed, and their garters of an indifferent knit. Let them curtsy with their left legs and not presume to touch a hair of my master's horse tail till they kiss their hands. Are they ready? They are. Then call them forth.
7: Oh, You hear? Oh. All right, Welcome home, well, Welcome, Romeo. Romeo. How now? How now? What? Romeo. How, Romeo. how now? You,
3: yeah, and that's much for greeting, yes. Well, now is all ready and all things neat? All things is ready. How near is our master? Ain't at hand delighted by this, and therefore be not... No. Oh, really me? nay. Silence, I hear me, master. What? No man at door to hold my spirit or take my horse? Nathaniel! Here, here, sir! Gregory! Here here. here! here, sir! Here, sir, here, sir. Here, sir!
7: You oh, oh, no logger-headed and
3: unpolished grooms! What no attendance, no regard, no duties? Where's the foolish knave I sent before? Here, sir, as foolish as I was before.
7: You, you
3: malt horse drudge?
7: Oh. Can I not
3: better meet me in the park and bring along these rascal names with thee? Aye, sir. Go and fetch my supper. Aye, sir. Right, sir. Aye. Oh, where's the life that late I led? Where are... Oh, sit down, Kate. Sit down and Welcome. Well, the Lord, nay, good sweet Kate, be merry. Here, off with my boots, you rogue, you villains, when? Yes, sir, well, yes, the sir. the prior of all this crazy fort walk. Out, you rogue, you pluck my foot, eye. Here, take that. Oh, and mend oh, the plucking oh. off the other. Oh, oh, come here, here, be merry, Kate. Some water here, ho Where's my spaniel, Troilus? Where are my slippers? Shall I have some water? Hey, here, sir. I'm here, sir. I'm here, sir. Uh, here. Come, come, Kate. Come and wash and welcome heartily.
4: Oh. will you let it fall? Oh, patience, I pray you. the on Oh, beetle headed, flap eared knave.
3: Oh. Come, come, Kate. Sit down. I know you have a stomach. Oh. Uh, will you give thanks, sweet Kate, or else shall I? What's this? Mutton? Aye. Who brought it? Aye, sir. It is burned. And so is all the meat. Nay, good Petruchio. What dogs at these? Where's, Where's the rascal cook? How durst you villains bring it from the dresser and serve it thus to me that love it not. There,
7: take it to you.
3: Friendship, cups,
4: and all. You heedless goatheads and unmanner slaves. I... What? Do you grumble? I'll be with you straight. I pray you, husband, be not so disquiet. The meat was well, if he was so Oh, contented. I tell
3: thee, Kate, it was burnt and dried away. And I expressly am forbid to touch it, for it engenders choler, planteth anger. And better it were that both of us that fast, since of ourselves, ourselves are choleric, than feed it with such over roasted flesh. Oh, be patient. Tomorrow it shall be mended. And for this night we'll fast for company. Come, I will bring thee to thy bridal chamber. Oh.
7: <laughs> Come. Oh. 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 Oh.
3: Oh. 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 Peter, now Peter, did ever see the like? <laughs> he kills her in her
6: own humour. Where is he? In her chamber, Dumio, making a sermon of continency to her. <laughs> and rails and swears and rates that she, poor soul, knows not which way to stand, to look, to away, away. For he is coming hither. With the mask and click the mask. Oh,
3: where's the light that late, my lips?
7: Where the fool? <laughs>
3: Thus have I politically begun my reign, and 'tis my hope to end successfully. She eat no meat today, nor none shall eat. Last night she slept not, nor tonight she shall not. As uh, with a meat, some undeserved fault I'll find about the uh, making of the bed. And here I'll fling the pillow, there the bolster. (laughs) This way the coverlet, another way the sheets. I, and amid this hurly, I intend that all is done in reverent care of her. And in conclusion, she shall watch all night. And if she chance to not, I'll rail and brawl and with a clamor keep her still awake. (laughs) This is a way to kill a wife with kindness. And thus I'll curb her mad and headstrong humor. He that knows better how to tame a shrew. Now let him speak.
2: A night of turmoil and shouting. Another morning of the same clamor. And all on an empty stomach is too much for Captain. At lunch the next day she conquers her pride and goes humbly to find Groomio in the dining hall. But Groomio is sly... He has received his instructions from Petruchio and takes as much pleasure in, as his master in teasing and torturing his mistress. No,
3: no, forsooth, I dare not for my life. The
4: more my wrong, the more his spite appears. What, did he marry me to famish me? I'm starved for meat, giddy for lack of sleep, with oats kept waking and with brawling fed. And that which spites me more than all these wants, he does it under name of perfect love. As who should say, if I should sleep or eat, to a deadly sickness or else present death. Oh, I prithee go and get me some repast. I care not what, so it be wholesome food. Mm. Well, uh, what say you to a neat spot? Oh, it is passing good. I prithee let me have it.
3: Mm. I fear it is too choleric to meet. Uh, what say you to a fat tripe, finely broiled?
4: I like it well. Good Grumio, fetch it me. Uh,
3: I cannot tell. I fear coloring. discoloring. Uh, what say you to a piece of beef and mustard?
4: A dish that I do love to feed upon.
3: Aye, but the mustard is too hot a little. Oh, why
4: huh? then the beef, and let the mustard rest. Nay,
3: then I will not. You shall have the mustard, or else you get no beef of Grumio.
4: Then both or one, or anything thou wilt. Why then, the mustard without the beef. Oh, I... go get me some, <laughs> All, me and all the I sack of you
3: to triumph upon my misery. Go, get me gone, I say. Aye, oh, <laughs> ah, how fair's my Kate. What, sweeting, all amort? Oh, face as
4: cold as can be. Oh,
3: pluck up thy spirits, look cheerfully upon me. Here, love, thou seest how diligent I am to dress thy meat myself and bring it thee. I'm sure, sweet Kate, this kindness merits thanks. I say... What, think... not a word then, thou lovest it not, and all my pains are sorted to no proof. Here. Take away this uh, dish. I
4: pray you let it stand. Ah, the
3: poorest service is repaid with thanks, and so shall mine before you touch the meat.
4: I thank you,
3: sir. eat the pace. And now my honey love will be returned into thy father's house and revel it as bravely as the best. What, is thou dying? Here, take away this dish. Aye, sir. Senor, the tailor stays your leisure. Ah, Kate, to deck thy body with his ruffling treasures. Come, tailor. Let us see these ornaments. Lay forth the gown. Here is the cap your worship did bespeak. Ah. Why, this was molded on a porringer. A velvet dish. Why, fire, it is lewd and filthy. Fire. Why, it is a cockle or a walnut shell, a knack, a toy, a, a trick, a baby's cap.
4: Oh, away with
3: it. Come, let me have a bigger. I'll
4: have no bigger. This doth fit the time. And gentlewomen wear such caps as these. Oh,
3: when you are gentle, you shall have one, too, and not till then.
4: Why, sir, I trust I may have leave to speak, and speak I will. I am no child, no babe. Your betters have endured me, say my mind, and if you cannot, best you stop your ears. My tongue will tell the anger of my heart, or else my heart, concealing it, will break. And rather than it shall, I will be free, even to the uttermost, as I please in words.
3: Why, thou sayest true. It is a paltry cap, a custard coffin, a bauble, a silken pie. I love thee well, and if thou likest it not,
4: love me or love me not. I like the cap, and if I will have, or I will have none. She
3: will have none. Thy <gasps> gown, come tailor, let us see it. Here, yes, sir. Oh mercy, God! What masking stuff is here? What's this? A sleeve? Aye, sir. Why, it is like a demi cannon. <laughs> what? Up and down, carved like an apple tod? Sire. Why, here, snip and nip and cut and slish and slash like a, like to a censer in a barber shop. Why, what in the devil's name, Taylor, cost thou this?
4: You bid me make it orderly and well, uh, according to the fashion and the time. and
3: did, but if you be remembered, I didn't bid you mar to the time. I
4: never saw a better fashioned gown, more quaint, more pleasing, nor more commendable. Like you mean to make a puppet of me. Why,
3: true, he means to make a puppet of this. She says your worship means to make a pu- puppet of her. Oh, monstrous arrogance! Thou liest, thou thread, thou thimble, thou yard, three-quarters, half-yard, quarter, nails. Thou flee, thou knit, thou winter-cricket thou, braved in mine own house with a skein of thread. Away, thou rag, thou quantity, thou remnant, or I shall so be meet thee with thy yard as thou shalt think I'm fading whilst thou livest. I tell thee I that thou hast marred her gown.
4: Your worship is deceived. The gown is made just as my master had this direction. Grumio gave order how it should be done.
3: So, Grumio, I I gave him no order. I gave him the stuff. But how did you desire it should be made? how, how? Marry, sir, with needle and thread. But did you
4: you not request to have it c- c-
3: cut? Cut? I say unto thee, I bid thy master cut out the gown. But I did not bid him cut it to pieces. Places. To pieces? Ah, here go thou liest. What, why, here is, the, here is the note of the fashion to testify. Uh, read it, read it. The note lies in his throat if he says I said so. I, in primus, a loose-bodied gown. So, master, if ever I said loose-bodied gown, <laughs> sew me in the skirts of it and beat me to death with the bottom of brown thread. I said a gown. Uh, proceed. With a small confess cape. I I confess the cape. Uh, With a...
5: trunk sleeve. I confess, two sleeves. The sleeves, curiously c- c- cut.
3: Aye, there's the villainy. Aye, there's the villainy. Aye. Curiously cut. Aye, I commanded the sleeves should be cut out and sewed up again.
4: And I had thee in for p- the p- place where thou shouldst know it.
3: Oh, well, sir, and brief thy gown. is not for me. Go take it up into thy master's use. Oh,
4: but stay, Petrugio. So, uh,
3: Taylor, I'll pay thee for thy gown tomorrow. Thank thee, sire. Come, my case. We will unto your fathers, even in these honest, mean habiliments. Our purses shall be proud, our garments poor. But is the mind that makes the body rich. What, is the jay more precious than the lark because his feathers are more beautiful? <laughs> oh, no, good Kate. We will henceforth with, to feast and sport us at thy father's house. Oh, oh, uh, Grumio. Aye, sir. Go call my men. Let us straight to him. Aye, sir. Let's see. I think it is now some, uh, seven o'clock. And, well, we may come there by dinner time.
4: I dare assure you, sir, it is almost two. And it will be supper time ere you come there.
3: It shall be seven ere I go to horse. Look, what I speak or do or think to do, you are still crossing it. It shall be one o'clock, I say it! Oh, come on and God's name once more, Lord, your powers. Good Lord, how bright and goodly shines the moon. The
4: moon? The sun? It is not moonlight
3: now. I say it is the moon that shines so bright.
4: I know it is the sun that shines so bright.
3: Now, by my mother's son, it shall be moon or star or what I list or ere I journey to your father's house. Go on, fetch our horses back again. Ever more cross than cross. Nothing but cross.
4: Forward, I pray, since we have come so far. And be it moon, or sun, or what you please. And if you please, to call it a rush candle. Henceforth I vow it shall be so for me.
3: I say it is the moon.
4: I know it is the moon.
3: Nay, then you lie. It is the blessed sun.
4: Then God be blessed. It is the blessed sun. But, son, it is not when you say it is not. And the moon changes even as your mind. What you will have it named, even that it is. And so it shall be so for Catherine.
0: Well, forward.
4: Forward.
2: <clears throat> As they ride on along their dusty way in the bright, clear Italian sun, they perceive a traveler coming along a side road. And at once a wild light leaps into Petruchio's eyes, and he spurs the horses forward so that they will meet at the crossroads. You wondered to what purpose of bedeviling Catherine he would put this innocent fellow traveler, who seems, as he rides, a substantial citizen. An elderly man of some position in the world, a great merchant perhaps, or a dignitary of state, but certainly a great gentleman. Good morrow, gentle mistress.
3: Where away? Sir? Sure. Tell me, sweet Kate, and tell me truly now. If thou beheld a fresher gentlewoman? Sweet Kate, embrace her for her beauty's sake. Sir?
4: Young, budding virgin, fair and fresh and sweet, whither away or where is thy abode? Madam!
3: Why, how now, Kate? I hope thou art not mad. Why, this is a man. Old, wrinkled, faded, withered, and not a maiden, as thou sayest he is.
4: Oh, oh pardon, old oh, father, my mistaking eyes, that have been so bedazzled with the, uh, uh son. Uh, uh, son. Son. Now I perceive thou oh, art a reverend father. Pardon I pray thee for my mad mistaking. Well,
3: uh, do good old grandsire, and withal we'll make known which way thou travelest. If
6: along with us, we shall be joyful of thy company. Uh, fair sir, and you, my merry mistress, that with your strange encounter much amaze me. My name is called Vincentio, my dwelling Pisa, and uh, bound am I to Padua. There to visit a son of mine, which long I have not seen. What is his name? Er, Lucentio, gentle sir. Ah.
2: So this gentleman met on the road is the father of Lucentio, that pretended Latin master, who is now the husband of Bianca. And now we see the strands of this masquerade pulled closer together. Now our travelers are in the streets of the city, right in front of Catherine's old home. We know that Catherine obeys her husband, but has her spirit been really tamed? <laughs> I wonder.
4: Husband, why wait we here? Shall we not go in?
2: First kiss me, Kate, and we will.
4: What? In the midst of the street.
3: What, art thou ashamed of me? Oh,
4: no, sir, God forbid, but ashamed to kiss.
3: Why, then, let's home again. Come, sir, let's away.
4: Nay, nay, I will give thee a kiss. Hmm. <laughs> ah, now, pretty
3: love, stay. <laughs> ah, it's not this well, Catherine. Come, my sweet kate. Better once than never, for never too late. <laughs>
2: postponed on Petruchio's wedding day has now taken place. A triple festival for three marriages. Petruchio and Catherine, Lucentio and the pretty Bianca, and even Hortensio, one of the disappointed suitors, has controlled himself with the most ungallant promptness by marrying a wealthy widow. Only the other studio, the the wheezing Grimio, reconciles himself to being perpetually a bachelor. It is a cheerful moment when men, having eaten and drunk together, are told to make bets about the superior virtues of the wives whom they have honored with marriage. The virtue they are discussing now is obedience, and Petruchio has not yet convinced the others that he has actually tamed the shrew. Least of all has he convinced the father of the shrew.
6: Now, in good sadness, son Petruchio, I think thou hast the very shrew
3: of all. Well, I say no. Let's each one send unto his wife and he whose wife is most obedient to come at first when he doth send for her, shall win the wager which we will propose. Content. What is the wager? Twenty crowns. Twenty oh. crowns? Why, I'll venture so much of my hawk, a hound, but twenty times so much upon my wife. A hundred then. Content. A match is done. That's Who it. shall begin? That will I.
0: Grumio, go bid Mistress Bianca come to me. I go. Son, I'll be your half the anchor come. I'll have no halves. I'll bear it all myself.
2: Sir, how now? What news,
5: sir? Your mistress sends you word that
3: he is busy and cannot come. How? Oh, she's busy and she cannot come. <laughs> is that an answer? I am a kind
5: one too. Great God for all I send you not a
3: I hope for better. Now you, Hortensio. Uh, Romeo, go and entreat my wife to come to me forthwith. <laughs> I, Hortensio, entreat her. Nay, then she must needs come. I am afraid, sir.
5: Do what you can. Yours will not be entreated. Sir? Now, where is my wife? She says you have some goodly jest
6: in hand. She will not come. She bids you come to her. Oh! Worse and worse. She will not come.
3: Oh, vile, intolerable, not to be endured. Tara Grumio. Go to your mistress. Say I command her to come to me. Aye, I, I know her answer. What?
7: She will not.
3: The father fortune mine, and there an
7: end.
3: <laughs> now, by me, holiday. Dame, here comes Katerina.
4: <laughs> what is your will, sir, that you send for me?
3: Where's your sister? and Hortensio's wife.
4: They sit conferring by the parlour fire.
3: Go, fetch them hither. If they deny to come, swinge me them soundly forth unto their husbands. Away, I say, and bring them hither straight.
2: Here is a wonder, if you talk of a wonder.
3: And so it is. I wonder what it bodes. A peace it bodes, and love and quiet life, and awful rule and right supremacy. And to be short, what not, that's sweet and happy. Now, fair befall thee, good Petruchio. The wager thou hast won, and I will add unto their losses 20,000
6: crowns. Another dowry to another daughter. For she's changed as though she'd never been.
3: Nay, father, I will win my wager better yet, and show more sign of her obedience. Her new-built virtue and obedience. See where she comes and brings your forward wives As prisoners to her womanly persuasion
4: My lord
3: Catherine That cap of yours becomes you not Off with that bauble Throw it underfoot foot.
4: Oh, let me never have a cause to sigh till I be
5: brought to such a silly pass. Aye, what a foolish duty call you this?
0: I would your duty were as foolish too. The wisdom of your duty, fair Bianca, has cost me an hundred crowns in supper time. The
4: more fool you for lying on my duty.
0: <laughs>
7: Catherine,
3: I charge thee, tell these headstrong women what duty they do owe their lords and husbands.
7: Come, come, you're mocking! We'll.
3: Don't tell him. Come on, I say, and first begin with Hortensio's wife.
4: She shall not. I say she on.
3: shall, and first begin with her.
4: Fi, fi. Unknit that threatening, unkind brow, and dart not scornful glances from those eyes to wound thy lord, thy king, thy governor, thy husband is thy lord, thy life, thy keeper. <laughs> oh, Bravo! Thy head, <laughs> thy Bravo one that cares for thee and for thy maintenance, commits his body to painful labor both by sea and land, to watch the night in storms, the day in cold, whilst thou liest warm at home, secure and safe, and craves no other tribute at thy hand but love, fair looks, and true obedience. Too little payment for so great a debt.
7: Such duty as
4: the subject owes the prince, even such a woman owes to her husband. And when she is flowered, peevish, sullen, sour, and not obedient to his honest will, what is she but a foul, contending rebel and graceless traitor to her loving lord? Oh, I am ashamed that women are so simple. <laughs> oh! 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 Where they should kneel for peace or seek for rule, supremacy, and sway, when they are bound to serve, love, and obey. Ah. But why are our bodies soft and weak and smooth, unapt to toil and trouble in the world, but that our soft conditions and our hearts should well agree with our external parts? Oh, come, come, you floored and unable worms. My mind has been as big as one of yours. My heart as great. My reason, happily more, to bandy word for word and frown for frown. But now I see our lances are but straws. Our strength as weak. Our weakness, past compare. Then place your hands below your husband's foot. In token of which duty, if he please, my hand is ready. May it do him ease?
3: <laughs> Why, there's a witch. Come on and kiss me, Kate. <laughs>
0: Music Box Theatre in Hollywood. The curtain has just fallen on the final scene of The Taming of the Shrew, and the audience is voicing its approval of the sterling performances they have just witnessed. Starred in this production was Edward G. Robinson as Petruchio. With him was Miss Frida Innescourt as Catherine, Charles D. Brown as Romeo, Lionel Pape as Baptista, Morris Ankram as Curtis, Jack Smart as Biandello by courtesy of Universal Pictures, Ernestine De Becker as Bianca, and Conway Turrell as the narrator. The Taming of the Shrew was adapted for radio by Gilbert Seldes, the orchestra was conducted by Victor Bay, and the play was directed by Brewster Morgan.
1: William Shakespeare's tragedy of King Lear, one of the most stirring and powerful dramas in the English language. King Lear will be played by Thomas Mitchell, the same Broadway star who gave a memorable performance as Brutus in Columbia's production of Julius Caesar. Cordelia, daughter of King Lear, will be played by Margot. The play was especially adapted for radio by Archibald MacLeish, America's Pulitzer Prize poet and author of The Fall of the City, one of radio's outstanding dramas. Remember the date, next Monday night, same time, same station. Thomas Mitchell and Margot with a stellar supporting cast in Columbia's production of King Lear.
0: Mr. Robinson appeared tonight through the courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Incorporated and is about to begin his new picture, Let Me Live, for Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Miss Innescourt is starting work on her new picture, Portia on Trial, for Republic Studios. This has been another presentation of the Columbia Broadcasting System.